Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tim. I'm really excited about this episode. I actually have my friend Clement on here. He has a YouTube channel. You guys have probably seen him on the space before. Clement, thanks for doing the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Tim. No worries. All right, so I'm just going to give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself, tell people that maybe don't know about you or kind of your YouTube channel and stuff, what you do, uh, and then we'll get into the podcast. Sure. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Clement Mihalescu. Like Tim said, I am a software engineer. I learned to code after college through a coding boot camp, so I have kind of an unconventional path to software engineering. I worked at Google, at Facebook, and now I run my own company called AlgoExpert that helps you prepare for coding interviews, algoexpert.io. Yes, so AlgoExpert is awesome. Um, I'll leave a link to it in the description if you guys want. There is a discount code you can use, but that's what I use to prepare for my Microsoft interviews. I can vouch firsthand. You know, I know Clement's my friend, but I'll tell you guys like it is a great platform. Um, and I want to just get started by diving into your journey learning to code. So I know that you had a really unconventional kind of way, like you're a math major. I've heard the, some of the things, but I want to understand how you got into coding, like what drove you to it, and uh, yeah, why'd you really start into that? Because I don't think that was something you considered doing uh, in high school or even university, was it? Yeah, or it was something that I considered, but very... Uh, short, you know, it was very short-lived from a consideration point of view. You know, I thought about it, and then I was like, ah, this is probably not for me. And in hindsight, I'm really disappointed that that was my conclusion. The reason I concluded that all those times that I did consider it in high school and college was because I thought that if you didn't code or if you hadn't been coding since you were really young, you couldn't pick it up that late in life. Again, in hindsight, this seems really silly to me because now I know that you can pick up coding basically at any age. Sure, it's advantageous if you start earlier, but you can pick it up in college, certainly, or after college. But um, after college, though, I realized everything that I want to do in life seems to point to coding. Everything that I want to do in life seems to have, uh, seems to be much more accessible if I know how to code. And so I thought to myself, maybe I really should, you know, put aside all of my misconceptions and try to learn it. This was right around the time when coding boot camps were very up and coming. I would start getting Facebook ads and just ads all over the place for these coding boot camps. And I discovered one, applied to it, enrolled in it, fell in love with coding, realized that I enjoyed it because also that was another thing at first I thought I didn't really enjoy it from the little that I had dabbled with it and yeah the rest is history yeah okay sounds good man so did you do what was the boot camp did you do like front-end web development was there like a name of it was there a specific thing it focused on or was it really just like an immersive like learn to code and get a job was that like the promise from it so it was a combination of both of the things you said on the one hand, they are training you to go from no coding experience to employable as a full stack developer. Then full stack is the key here. They teach you both the front end and the back end. And uh, then to your to your question about, you know, like, was it a bit more focused on front end or a bit more focused on something? It was focused on full stack JavaScript. So I think that by nature of JavaScript, you really do get immersed in the front end, perhaps more so than the back end, but you do also experience the back end, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. That definitely makes sense. I'm just curious because I know they have boot camps that kind of specialize in one specific thing. Um, I feel like they're probably a lot bigger in the States because I haven't seen many here in Canada. Uh, like I'm in the Ontario area. You're uh, New York, right? Yep. Okay. So did you do the boot camp in New York? I did the boot camp in New York. And I oh, think okay, nice. there are a lot of boot camps now, like the boot camps 
are all over the place now in the States, which is kind of crazy. But I think the, the two big hubs are still New York and San Francisco or the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what I wanted to ask you next, so you have a background in math, right? What's your, do you want to just tell, like, what was your degree again? Uh, just so everyone knows. Math, math. <laughs> it was so a bachelor's it was, in math. Yeah, bachelor's in math. Okay, mathematics. God, I can't imagine doing that. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to ask, since you had a background in math, I feel like that suits you well for programming, right? Like getting into coding, like you kind of have that logical brain already. You know how to tackle problems. I'm, I mean, I feel like I know the answer to this question already. But would you say that was a massive advantage to you? Um, and like, yeah, just talk about how math kind of helped you with programming, or if it really trained you so you had an advantage over maybe someone who doesn't have a math background going into a boot camp. Yeah, so I've made a video on my YouTube channel about uh, whether or not you need math, how much math you need, et cetera, for software engineering. The truth is, my opinion is that the math degree doesn't actually help that much, which I know some people are either surprised by or some people almost refuse to accept that. They always say like, no, the math must have helped a ton. The thing is, let, let me put it this way. The reason I don't think the math degree helped that much is because, first of all, I did my math degree pretty late. So the majority of my math courses were condensed in my senior year of college and the summer right before that. And so I think back to you know the Clement of junior year in college, and I say that Clement could have learned coding just as well and just as easily as the Clement a year later. So that's one anecdotal thing. The second thing is that none of the major concepts or classes that I took for my math degree, which are pretty advanced classes, advanced concepts, have carryover or very few have carryover to what I've learned in coding and software engineering. And then lastly, there's this argument that you hinted at of the logical brain or that kind of thing. And that's a, an argument that I'm willing to buy. The only thing is I, it's a very abstract one. Like I'm not really sure how to answer it. You know, like, yes, maybe my, my brain is a little bit more geared towards logical problems. Is it the math degree that is the cause and that that is the cause of that, or is that more a manifestation of my interests? I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That actually, that yeah, that brought that made me think when you because when I was younger as well, um, you're kind of bringing me back to that. I always had like a logical brain, like I was always tackling problems, and that was before I was good at math, before I had a math background, even really before I. Uh, was into programming and computer science and I started pretty young. So I guess that actually points it out. Maybe that's just something that's kind of inherent. Like you grow up with that or that's the way that you learn to think. I know some people are way more artistic um, and creative, which is definitely not my advantage. Um, and then there's other people that have that logical right. kind of way of approaching problems. So I guess you would probably have had that before the math degree, if that's something you would say you have, right? Like that kind of way of approaching things, looking at ideas and problems and all that. Yeah, exactly. And I would I would give you another example here to support this, which is that I was all over the place in college. And there was one point early junior year in college where I was going to major in something called visual studies, completely different, right? Very different. It was like the, the opposite, more artistic kind of stuff and, and everything. That's another discussion if we want to talk about why I wanted to do that. But I was going to do that. If I had gone down that path and then done the coding boot camp, no one would have ever known to tell me, you know, oh, but you had a math major. But clearly I was able to do a math major. So I guess the point that I'm trying to get at is maybe it's more, you know, people have, have certain interests or certain skill sets and they happen to lend themselves to doing a math major and to coding, but it's not necessarily doing the math major that will bring you there, if that makes sense. 
No, for sure. That's uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of getting at. That makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, a lot of the reasons people go into specific fields is because of the way that they think or the way their brain works. I mean, right, if you bring it down to the lowest level, if they're more creative, artistic, business, whatever it may be, right? So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that definitely answers that question. So I'm, I am curious a little bit. We, won't, we don't have to talk about it for too long, but why? what is visual studies or visual or whatever it was? And uh, why? Why that? That seems so kind of off from what you're doing right now. Right. So Visual studies was this kind of interesting major, and I'm using interesting to mean uh, uh, esoteric, maybe, or strange, you know. You had a lot of avenues with it. Part of it was more focused on art history. Part of it was more focused on applied arts, like, you know, photography, that kind of stuff. The reason that I dove into it was because I got really interested in video editing, so I really enjoyed, um, you know, special effects, working with Adobe After Effects, Adobe Photoshop, that kind of stuff. And I was looking, is there a major that would fulfill those interests at my school? That was the closest thing that I could find to, to that. The truth is, once I got into it, I realized, wait, this is much more focused on the theoretical and stuff like art history, which I wasn't particularly interested in. And that's why I ended up completely dropping it and going for the math major. Yeah, and I would assume that you're probably happy that you decided to do that. Yeah, from a point of view of, that was another thing, is that like very late in college, when, when, when I was doing the visual studies, I started getting this weird sensation of urgency of, I'm not going back in time. Like college is soon going to be over and this is an expensive college. I'm never going to come back here. Uh, maybe I should do something that will have more pragmatic uh, effects or that will be more pragmatic for my wife. And math was that. Definitely. Yeah. And I think a lot of people should approach it in that sense too. I mean, that's the reason personally for myself, I try to take electives that I know are going to be useful um, and that are something that I wouldn't take on an everyday basis. Like, you know, these business classes, yep. the things that apply to everyday life, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, because I know you took some MBA level courses, um, but that's definitely helped me a ton. Just you know, taking things that are actually useful that, you know, I don't feel like wasted my time for that four months that I was in them. Cause it is a long time and a lot of work, especially if you're not going to use what it is that you're doing. Right. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So the next thing I wanted to ask you, because I guess I'm curious, because you're a pretty good programmer. You learned pretty fast. Um, what would you say the most difficult part of programming was for you? Maybe as a beginner, maybe in the boot camp, can you think back to anything that you noticed you had a lot of trouble with? So I think the, the, the thing I had the most trouble with is less about a concept to learn, but more about which concept to learn. And I think this is precisely why I went to a coding boot camp. One of the things that was scary for me when I started coding was the amount of stuff out there, and I did not know what to pursue. Now, looking back, I have experience now, and I know what what the potentially best path is for a new, new someone who's new to coding to follow. But back then, I didn't know if I should learn C++, or if I should learn JavaScript, or if I should learn Angular, or React, or Git, or you know, assembly language, because some people say you need to understand the fundamentals first. I didn't know, right? And that was very scary. And I think that's why I went to a coding boot camp. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that issue that you brought up is something I've felt, I feel like everyone's probably felt that when you jump into coding at the beginning, I mean, it's all just random words to you at that point, right? Like what's the difference between C++ and Java and Python? If you have no knowledge of that, it's really, I think it's overwhelming to a lot of people because then they'll see maybe a video from me where I'm like, yeah, the best language is Python. And then you say JavaScript and then someone says that and it's like, well, what do you do? Yeah, um, you have, that's you, why. 
You have no, yeah, idea, no idea, like, which person is telling the truth, or not necessarily the truth, but, like, the most irrelevant truth to you, and it's a really frustrating yeah, for sure. I mean, I know, I remember when I was younger, the reason I learned C-sharp was solely because my dad, who's like kind of in tech, but not really, he had a colleague who was a programmer. And I remember I asked him, I was like, what language should I learn? He was like, yeah, C-sharp. And I was like, okay, boom, C-sharp. Like, right. that was just why I did it. Was that the best language to learn? Probably not for what I'm doing right now. But you know, that's how it went. And I think a lot of people, like my journey to learn to program was so just random and different things because I was younger as well. I didn't have any structured learning. I was just doing this as a hobby. It's I didn't know I was going to be a computer scientist or anything like that. Right. Uh, and I'm just jumping between HTML, PHP, JavaScript, iOS, Python, trying to find something that I liked. And fortunately I did, but it definitely wasted a lot of my time because I spent a significant amount of time learning things that I don't even use today. I'm sure they're helpful, but it was just like the first two years trying to figure out what path to even go down, uh, yeah. which I think a lot of people have trouble with. Yeah, it's probably a reason a lot of people get discouraged too is, you know, they hear all these different things. They start learning something. They don't like it. They have no idea what to do, right? So Totally. All right. Um, okay, so this question, I mean, you were kind of talking about this. So you did the boot camp. You did the math degree. You said the math degree wasn't crazy helpful or maybe it gave you a little bit. You don't really know. So if you had the choice to go back and kind of change things around, do you think you would still do a degree or would you just, you know, be a self-taught um, like coder? Would you go to another boot camp? What would you kind of pick for yourself now knowing what you know now? So that's a difficult question to answer. The main reason it's difficult to answer is because it is a very easy once you are on the other side of college, especially once you've reached some level of success. You know, I, I got into nice companies and, and everything. It's very easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I would totally skip college, right? I'm inclined to say that, but I realize that it's an easy thing to say and that it's a little bit more complicated than that. I think that here's the strategy I would employ knowing what I know now if I could go back in time. I think I would enroll in a coding boot camp the summer before college, the summer right after senior year of high school before college. I would go to a coding boot camp and learn programming, or maybe I would have learned you know, in high school, but let's assume I hadn't. Then I would do my first year of college and I would pick very useful classes. I would not go for BS classes. I would do very um, intentionally picked classes during my freshman year. I would try to get an internship, a top internship after my um, first year, so during the summer of freshman year. And I think it is doable if you play your cards right and if you know what you're looking for. And then based on that, I would kind of reassess. And what I'm what I'm hinting at here is there is a chance that if you are really talented and you get a top internship, let's say the first summer in college, that you might be able to get a full-time return offer at either the company or some other company, maybe a startup that doesn't necessarily care about you know, your college degree. Even big companies don't really care about college degrees now. So the point that I'm trying to make is I would do my best to see if I can make such an opportunity pop up. And if I can, I, like if you got a full-time offer for a dev role that, that is a competitive offer, like a good offer, let's say sophomore year in college, ditch college. It's going to be worthless compared to what you'll get in the industry. Is that guaranteed to happen? No, right? So. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a pretty good answer. I mean, that's kind of what 
I'm doing right now, to be honest. I'm trying to take the most, because I'm only 19, I mean, for anyone who here doesn't know that, um, I'm trying to take the most useful classes I can in university. I have, like, it's not a minor, but it's like a specialization in business uh, combined with computer science, which means that all my electives are towards that. And I've kind of done what you just said. I mean, I'm interning at Microsoft. Like, I push really hard to try to get that opportunity. And I have a feeling I'm probably going to learn more in this three months working there than I will in, you know, years of, of college, just based on what I've learned so far. Yeah. I'm sure it'll get more advanced in the future i mean you didn't take a computer science degree so i guess you have an idea probably from knowing people but you don't know the exact courses but a lot of what i've taken so far is just so fundamental or so basic or it's just so irrelevant to what i see in the industry right now yep. so i think that's a pretty good answer and that seems like a, a decent path um all right so you worked at facebook you worked at google i was curious which company did you prefer better if you uh, you know are okay to answer that and what part of the jobs uh did you really like so i mean i'm going to be joining microsoft as a little bit of a different company but you know what was exciting to you like what did you what did you like about those roles and which company was the favorite yeah so someone asked me which one was the favorite recently in a youtube comment and i tried to give them an answer it's hard to answer um because one they're they're different and two I stayed at Facebook only for like two months and five days oh, or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say that I, I think back to Google with a little bit more nostalgia, but I think that's biased because I joined Google as this starry-eyed new grad who had never experienced anything related to software engineer, basically, or software engineering. And so everything was so new and it was so, you know, crazy and everything. Whereas at Facebook, I came there almost as like the not the grumpy old man, but like the person who has already experienced all the perks, already experienced all the insane systems. So it was more like, oh, I've seen this already. It's still really cool, but I've seen this already. Um, I still really enjoyed my time at Facebook. But now to your point about what's exciting, I would say the most exciting part, apart from the perks and all that, is like seeing the complexity of the systems that are built over there and the internal tools and and seeing how these companies run is such an eye-opening thing like it's something that you don't you you probably take for granted if you've never worked there or if you're not in tech and it's really really cool that's yeah that's an interesting thing and that's what i'm really looking forward to as well is seeing how these massive large-scale systems that are serving literally billions of people a day actually operate right even just like some of the data centers like you hear the stories but to actually be behind the scenes you know dig into the code base like i'm really excited to see that and even i was going through your system expert thing um like even that to me is so interesting learning about some of the fundamental concepts like what you actually have to consider when you're building such a system it seems you know almost trivial at the beginning like, oh you just do this there's modules here but there's so many other things that i wouldn't even know to think about unless I was exposed to that environment. Um, so that's cool. And I think the, the Facebook thing makes a lot of sense what you were saying. Like you already were used to that lifestyle. So you're hopping in and you're kind of like, ah, you know, I've already seen this before. It's still cool. But when I guess probably same with me, like I'm going to go here and it's going to be really cool. And then the next internship will still be cool, but I will we'll have already experienced it. So it won't be as, you know, brand new, exciting and fresh. Yeah. It's kind of just like seeing, you know, I don't know, maybe seeing a magic trick the second time around uh even if you don't know how it's done it's a little bit less you know impressive or wow factory that being said i will say that um at what's really cool though is seeing you always get that new feeling of oh so this is how instagram.com works or this is how you know facebook uh operates and it's uh, it's different from how google operates so so like i'm curious for example how microsoft operates i have no idea like 
how does Microsoft deploy changes to, I don't know, like Xbox Live or something, right? These are probably some of the nuances that are going to be different from company to company. For sure. So to go with that question then, when you're looking at, like, say you're using Instagram or Twitter, or YouTube or whatever it is, do you use that or do you look at it differently? Like, I know for me personally, as soon as I understand, like, as soon as I even understood how a computer operated, like, on a lower level, whenever, when I'm using it on a day-to-day basis, like, I look at it a little bit differently. I think about things a little bit differently. I have an appreciation, really, for how much complexity, you know, that little button in the top corner um, actually took to make, right? Is So, do you do, you do that as well uh, in tech then? Yeah, definitely. And, like, it's funny because... Especially at least on the front end side. Well, no, even on the on the full stack side, you you start to be more cautious of certain things where you're you're interacting on a website and you're like, I know that I had trouble building this exact feature on my own website, and I know one of the bugs that can happen here. The canonical example that I like to give for this is when you fill out a form and you press submit, there if you've if you've built that form poorly, Depending on the error that you get, if you do get an error or whatever the the design is, you might lose all of the state in your form. You might lose all of what you've written in that form. A good website or a good engineering team shouldn't let that happen. But now, whenever I'm on a website and I and I see a form that I filled out and that has taken me a long time, I'll like copy paste all of the input fields elsewhere because I'm like. I know that there's a 50% chance that the engineer who wrote this like forgot to handle, you know, the case where there's an error and it clears the form and, you know, I don't want to be screwed. Does that make sense? Like, is that the kind of stuff you're talking about? Yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that makes, it's funny because the error you discussed is like what I've had happen to me every time I've made a website. I've been like, why the heck when I hit this, does it refresh? And I'm like, okay, well, it's literally re-rendering the HTML, which doesn't have whatever I typed in beforehand. So that's hilarious because I've made that issue so many times that I've right. made like little, you know, crappy websites. So, right. All right. Um, yeah, so that's good. So what I want to do now is, I mean, we talk a lot about tech and the big companies, but you and I both kind of have businesses. Yours is a little bit more serious than mine is. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I run all this stuff like podcast tech with Tim through an, through a corporation. And I know you're a uh, you know, founder of Algo Expert and CEO. So I wanted to ask you a bit about business and stuff and get into that because I think it's interesting. I think a lot of people want to hear about, you know, how do you start a business? What are some of the challenges? What's fun? What's hard? Uh, so maybe we can talk a bit about that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you, how did you get started with Algo Expert? And did you, were you like an entrepreneurial kid? Like, were you always into entrepreneurship, making money on your own? Or was this something that just kind of came up after you got through the coding bootcamp? I got really interested in entrepreneurship in high school. And I think the the trigger, if there is one that I can think of, is uh, seeing the movie The Social Network about, you know, the Facebook founding story. Obviously, that movie is a little bit, you know, bombastic and theatrical, but that movie, I remember, kind of sparked something in me where I was like, wow, I think this might be something I'm interested in. And then, ever since then, I tried doing a bunch of stuff, a bunch of entrepreneurial endeavors. A lot of them were things related to YouTube, to, you know, online presence. I tried streaming on Twitch and I had a little bit of success there. I tried a bunch of YouTube channels, no success at all there. I tried a few like business ideas, but I didn't have the coding skills to really develop them. So no success there whatsoever. And then Algo Expert was the first really like huge hit that I got. Um, it was an incremental one, like it didn't happen overnight. Uh, but 
Yeah, when I started it, I, I definitely knew that I was wanting to create a business, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think that's that's cool. I remember back, so I would say I'm fairly entrepreneurial as well with this, you know, YouTube channel and all this stuff I'm doing. And I remember for me, the social network was definitely an inspiration as well. What really sparked mine, and this might be a funny story for some people, was actually a Minecraft server. So I'm not sure. Do you ever play Minecraft? Yep. You, were you a gamer at all? Yeah. 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 So um, I used to play a lot of Minecraft probably in elementary school, maybe the beginning of high school. And I used to play on, it's called a faction server. It's just a specific game mode. And uh, I always was thinking, I was like, damn, like these guys must be making crazy amount of money. Because the way it works for people that don't know is these kind of Minecraft servers, you can donate money uh, and then you get special perks on the server. So you can like fly around or you could like get extra items, whatever it might be. Um, and I was like, there's like, you know, thousands of people playing on this server. These ranks are like hundreds of dollars. I'm like, how hard can it be to do this? So that's when I also got into coding too. And I made my own Minecraft server. And like grinding at like, you know, 13, 14 years old, like writing a few custom plugins, stuff like that. And I actually ended up making like $300, $400 a month. That's and awesome. that for me, yeah, that for me was like huge. Like I had my friends on the server helping out. I was like, damn, like this is so cool. Like, you know, the amount of effort I'm putting in directly translates to how much money I'm able to generate. Uh, and that just for me was what sparked that stuff and how I got into YouTube and all of that. So that's cool to hear that story. Uh, so I want to ask then, because you're running pro a more proper business than kind of what I'm doing. I mean, I'm pr it's pretty much just me. My brother's helping out once in a while. So I wanted to ask you, what's the most important thing or like some of the big things you've learned since being a CEO, maybe in like a management sense or just in terms of like running a business, like some big challenges that you faced and, and things you've learned along the way? Yeah, I mean, there are a ton and probably way more than I can than I can fit into to this video even, but I'll, I'll go with one, okay? One sure. thing that I think has really hit me is you've probably heard, especially in the venture capital world or entrepreneurship world, people say stuff like ideas are cheap, execution is what matters. You know, when people are scared of sharing an idea because they're like, oh, I don't want to tell my idea because someone's going to steal it. The typical response these days is the idea isn't really what matters. It's more how you're going to execute on it. That is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly true and accurate. Execution is so important. Like we wouldn't be where we are today with Algo Expert had we not executed like crazy and grinded like crazy. And of course, execution comes with many different things like execution means executing well, executing fast, executing uh, you know creatively, right? I'm coming up with things here, but you get the idea. Uh, but the yeah. point is like, like just thinking about an idea and uh, you know dreaming of being an entrepreneur, it's part of the thing, but it's not it's not the thing. Okay, so that's yeah, that's kind of what I've realized as well. I mean, maybe you can speak. We'll talk about YouTube a bit later too. On YouTube as well, I mean, you can have so many good video ideas, you can have all these things you want to put out, these things that seem like they should go viral or that are going to be a big hit, uh, or you have this idea for the channel or whatever, and I see this a lot with people that like want to start YouTube but don't get into it. It really takes so much extra work, so much more than that to get anything. Like I put so many videos out that were just horrible and I had to learn so much before I was able to do anything on the platform. Like I think a lot of people forget that even the biggest like YouTube stars, the people we see today, they didn't get there from, you know, getting lucky. Maybe some of them did, but most of them like, you know, were sitting in their basement at 15 grinding, like trying to teach themselves how to do this, learning the different concepts. I mean, I always use the example of like KSI or something like one of those big comedy YouTubers. Yeah. Like I remember when I was younger and I saw him, you know, sitting in his bedroom with his brother at like a few hundred thousand subscribers, just 
playing video games like the quality of his videos were not where they are today like just grinding for so long so that's what i think i've realized that as well a little bit is like you can have such great ideas but if you don't if you're not willing to put the work in and really like you said execute on them properly you're not really getting anything out of that i mean it's one thing to have the idea but what are you going to do with just that right yeah and it's often a brutal amount of work like you said and a brutal amount of what i like to call unsexy work like take youtube youtube is a good it's a good example youtube you see let's say you know a, a day in the life of video or uh some other video that goes viral right and you're like whoa that's so cool or that seems so cool but then you, 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 when you look behind the scenes, you realize the amount of time and effort that goes into making not just those viral videos, but what about all the other hundreds of non-viral videos that are essentially just as important because they are the, the incremental like path to those viral videos, right? Like I'll spend yeah. hours editing videos and making thumbnails, making descriptions and all that. And it's kind of like, you know, at face value, you, or if you isolate them, someone might be like, why are you like, this is such a poor investment of your time. Like the return on this particular thing is giving you almost nothing, but then you put them in the aggregate and over time. And then you're like, okay, wait a second. You got, you've got a huge return on investment here and in an incredible business or, or whatever you want to call it brand, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I think the biggest thing I realized was how much work has to go in without seeing any results um, and how dedicated you have to be to what it is you want to do. Like for me, I was making zero dollars on YouTube for the first like year and a half that I was doing it. Not many people are capable of just sitting there and grinding and working their ass off with seeing nothing, seeing literally nothing in return, seeing like a few subscribers, a few comments, like those little bits of motivation is not enough to keep a lot of people going. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, look, if you want to make it on a platform like YouTube or like even just anything, I feel like you're going to have to be willing to put in a significant amount of work. And I think to be able to do that, you have to be somewhat passionate about what you're doing, which is what let me do that. There's no way I'd be here today if I didn't really like coding. Because when I was making those videos, you know, I enjoyed teaching it. I was learning new stuff, but I worked so hard for so long with nothing, like nothing to show for it. And then all of a sudden it came and then it's exponential and it grows and it grows and it grows. And I mean, I can tell you a year ago, I was making like a few hundred bucks off this, right? It wasn't like a big deal. It wasn't something I was doing for money. It was because I really liked doing it and I was passionate about it. And then it turned into almost, I don't want to say like a career, but it turned into like a proper business, something that you, you can show for all those, you know, hours and hours of work that went in at the beginning with with pretty much no results, right? Yeah, the only the only thing that I would add to that is I agree with your point about the passion that the passion certainly helps because it, it keeps you going when there's almost no reward or or nothing to show for it. But I will also say that sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be about being passionate, but also just wanting wanting the result really badly and if you want the results really badly you're going to be willing to put the work even if you're not necessarily passionate about it as an example like i am not particularly passionate about editing my youtube videos or about you know writing the tags for my youtube videos it's not like there are things in life that i would rather be doing um but it is the the the, the outcome is something that i really 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 want and really really love and enjoy and so because of that, I'm willing to put in the effort. Okay, yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. I mean, I think the idea is like you have to have that vision in the future. You have to be able to look and say, hey, 
like this that I'm doing right now I know I don't see the results in front of me I can't grab them by the hand but if I keep going I'll, I'll see them right and I, I agree with you I mean yeah. I think anyone who likes editing their YouTube maybe some people but in the tech space especially like who likes sitting down for two hours and editing a YouTube video or making the tags like I hate the tags and description that's my least favorite part by far uh, but you so see tedious. yeah but they're so important right and you're like you can't skip them you have to do them uh, because yeah. if you want that result you know you're willing to put that work in so that's yeah that's an interesting point okay so since we're talking about entrepreneurship I'm curious do you ever see yourself you know being an employee again or do you ever see yourself working at a company like Google Amazon Facebook whatever it may be or do you think that from now on you're just gonna be you know this business guy you're gonna run some businesses maybe you'll partner maybe you'll you know transform algo expert uh, what do you think if you had to guess that's a tough question um, I'll give you two answers I mean they're they're, they're effectively two answers uh, one answer is no I see myself as being the business guy at this point like I don't know that there's nothing that I find more rewarding and thrilling and uh, challenging in a good way than running a business on the other hand I could see myself going back for a period of time to a company like Google or Facebook or whatever if I'm if I want to have a little bit of a change of pace, because running a business is exhausting, and there are certainly days where you're like, I would love to just come in, write some code, not have to worry about everything and every anything and everything, and just you know do my work and then chill a bit, you know. Um, and you can't really do that when you're when you're running a business. So does that kind of make sense? Like, do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel that sometimes too. Like, I'm kind of like, man, I could just be a regular student and I could just like chill and like relax these three, four years and just, you know, hang out and do what everyone else is doing. And like, you have those thoughts in the back of your head. And I think about that too, because I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future, but I'm also like, I don't have a girlfriend right now. You know, I don't have a family. Like, I feel like that's a big thing in someone's life too that may change perspective, at least from what I've heard and kind of seen. Yeah. And that maybe, you know, I think you have a, you have a girlfriend, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. So I don't know, maybe like, you know, if you're settling down in the future or something, you know, you don't want to be working those 12 hour days, uh, you know, put grinding on the weekends, like not having a consistent schedule, because that's a big thing for me. My schedule is so variable. It's hard to predict like on a day to day basis what's going to happen, because, you know, if a fire comes up here or I get an email here or something's going on there, you have to adjust so quickly um, and you can't there's not really no, especially when you're the head of the company. There's not in another option. There's no one else who's going to do it for you. It, it's all on you. Right. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. And to your point, like having a relationship when you're running a business is a very like non-trivial thing. It's very difficult. Like it, it puts it to the test. And I think it, it's very easy to, I can very easily see how a relationship can completely like die because of, because of, you know, entrepreneurship, quote unquote, just because like you said, you have, you, you are at the mercy of your business and that you have no, you effectively have no free time. You effectively, or if you do have free time, it's not really free time because you might be pinged in the middle of the night or in the middle of the afternoon if you're supposed to, you know, just chill and you, you have to go cater to that ping or that outage or whatever. And um, yeah, you're just constantly working, constantly catering to this other, like, this other part of you. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing. And, and there are days where you're kind of like, I could use at least maybe you know some period of time of not this and some period of time of going back to more of a normal life so to speak 
Yeah, for sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, for me, I just, I'm at the point now, maybe you can relate to this or not, where like when I'm not doing something, I almost feel guilty for not doing it. Um, you know, oh, obviously, yeah, I'll, 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 <laughs> like I'll take the time to relax. Obviously, I think that's important. Like I try to put that into the schedule because taking an hour or two off can actually be, you know, an investment in terms of relax, get the brain fresh, have a fresh perspective on something. But at the same time, like, you know, if I lie down for like two hours, I'm like, damn it. Like, you know, I should have been making a video. I should have been doing this. Cause like, you're just so, at least I am obsessed with the growth and, and doing something and getting stuff done. Uh, and that's the mentality that I think a lot of people in business, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, uh, have to take on to get to the point where they are, you know, constantly growing, innovating. There's no like stagnation really, at least from what I can see. I would think so. But the, and, and I think that it's, it's, it's really tough because that can be a brutal and unhealthy mindset to have sometimes, but that, that is necessary to have at the same time. I remember when I was working at Google or when I was working at Facebook and I would feel that guilt that you're describing where if, if I took you know a few hours off during the weekend, I was like, well, wait a second, I didn't accomplish anything in those three hours. And what I did do is I delayed the launch of this feature for Algo Expert by you know two more days. And that is, that is, entirely bad there's no positive out of that for the business and there is no one else to blame but me and it's it's a tough thing right you you you're you're perpetually kind of challenging yourself and punishing yourself telling yourself you have to be go 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 all the time you have to hyper optimize your life and i think that you know even though it is unhealthy sometimes and it feels like shit i do think that at the end of the day like that's what'll bring you to that success or that's what'll maximize the chances of bringing you to that success. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that. Like the number one thing I did, and I say this to everyone, not as a recommendation, but what I did, and some people may say it's unhealthy, is first year I woke up at 5.30 a.m. every morning for the first semester at least and went to bed at 11 p.m. And I mean, that takes, especially in university, a tremendous right. amount of just mental toughness. And it's not to be cocky or anything, you know, I struggled with it. There was mornings where, you know, I didn't get up till seven, right? But that is what allowed me to really build what I've done so far. People ask, how do you have the time to, you know, run a YouTube channel and do this uh, while you're a full-time student? I say, I make the time, you know, I don't waste yep. those hours that other people are wasting. And that's, if you want something like that, there is sacrifices you have to give up. And I think a lot of people don't, necessarily appreciate that especially if they just have you know maybe a nine to five job or they haven't done that where they're you know for a year on end just grinding for themselves and their income at the end of the month or their satisfaction is completely based on how much they did um no other factors right the challenging part of that is that these days there is a lot of almost counter or anti uh entrepreneurship um uh, mentality where people are against the whole, you know, grind every day and hustle and work super hard because understandably, sometimes these pieces of advice are thrown kind of with, with no real reason behind them. It's just these, this motivation porn kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, work, you know, a hundred hours per week, blah, blah. But the thing is, there is some truth to these pieces of advice. And to your point of waking up at 5.30 a.m. and going to bed at 11, and what that gets to is uh, having, you know, like what, 18 hour days or 20 hour days, 
that is what it takes. Like you will gain an advantage by doing that if you can actually discipline yourself to put in the work during all of those hours of the day. But people like people either don't appreciate it or then they'll see what you're doing and they'll be like, yeah, but you're spending like five hours of your day, you know, doing tags for your YouTube video and editing your YouTube video. You're clearly not working smart. You're not investing in the right areas. But again, you go back to what we said earlier of, well, that work, even though it seems like it's trivial and it's, uh, you know, tedious, blah, blah, it still is super important. It, it, you know, uh, in aggregate, it leads to something big and it all comes together. So a hundred percent agree with everything that you said. And I think that a lot of people probably just need to experience it to really grasp it if they don't already, just from what we're saying. Okay, so what I want to ask you is actually a bit about personal branding. So, I mean, we both have personal brands. Yours is a little bit more of a personal brand than mine is considering your channel is actually your name. But I was curious, when you started, uh, when did you start your YouTube channel and what kind of drove you to start that? Because you were saying that, you know, you tried some different YouTube channels and the social media. So how did this one come about? The the Clement, I, I cannot pronounce your last name for the life of me uh, channel. Mihai Lescu. Um, so it basically, I started it, I started it, really seriously back in July. I think I had posted like two, July, 2019. I had posted like two videos very sporadically uh, before that. But then July, right after I left uh, my job at Google, I said, all right, I'm gonna actually like try this and I'm gonna post consistently three times a week, uh, you know, do do it, try to see where it goes. And the, um, the reason I started it was because Number one, like I told you, yes, I had tried a bunch of other YouTube channels in the past. This was something that I was already like interested in, you know, since college. Um, I already knew, you know, all the stuff about like uploading videos and editing videos and all that. But also I, I realized clearly there's an opportunity in the software engineering space on YouTube and in the entrepreneurship space. Um, there's very little stuff about Google, Facebook, Fang and all that. Uh, that might be something to capitalize on. I can give some really good value, share some cool insights with people, and that's why I did it. Awesome, yeah. And I mean, I found your channel. Like, I reached out to you originally when we did our first collaboration because I yeah. found your channel looking for exactly what you were talking about. Um, you know, I was you know looking at these big internships that were coming up or these big companies, and I didn't even realize how much of a kind of I don't even know niche I guess around that there was. Um, you know, kids looking for internships, looking for advice. Like, I didn't even know that programming interviews were a thing until I found your channel and started watching some of your uh, some of your videos. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next thing I wanted to ask about was uh, classes. So in university, and I think we've already kind of touched on this, but I want to go into it because I think it's really important. Uh, I've decided to take some business classes, and I would honestly say those are a lot more valuable to me than uh, any of the computer science classes that I've taken. Like accounting, for example, is probably the most important class I've taken so far that just taught me so much, like just fundamental accounting that just helps you in everyday life, regardless of if you have a business or not, just understanding how things flow and how they operate. And I know you said, or you said at some point you took some MBA level classes. So I was wondering if you could uh, talk about what some of those classes were and what benefit you got from them. And if you would recommend people, you know, maybe taking an MBA level course or taking business courses, uh, in, like in yeah. degree. So I would totally recommend the business classes. I think that they will teach you a lot of very useful life skills. Like you said, the accounting one, for instance, any class on finance, um, even classes that are on more, 
kind of abstract topics like entrepreneurship or management, if they are taught well and you know, taught by good professors and all that, they can be really interesting. This is where the MBA level classes, I was fortunate to have, we have a very good business school at Penn, the Wharton Business School. And so the even the undergraduate level classes, I'm sure are great, but the MBA level classes are fantastic. And you're surrounded by you know, really talented peers, people who are in it, who have been in the industry and all that. And I was like, I've got one year left. It costs me nothing to take these classes if I can get in. I'm gonna try to get approval to get into as many as I can. And I went into as many as I could. All of the case studies that they teach you in those classes I found really interesting. I remember, especially in the entrepreneurship classes, you go through these case studies of, you know, how Twitter was formed and how Rent to the Runway, which is like a fashion company, fashion tech kind of company, was formed. And you learn really interesting things that, that I continue to, to keep in mind to this day. So yeah, I would recommend taking them. And I would say, I don't subscribe to the idea that you can't learn entrepreneurship or business in class. Is, is entrepreneurship only learnable in class? No. And are there things that you have to learn by doing? Yes. And at the end of the day, you're not going to get, you're not going to create a business by taking a class on creating a business. But can you get value in taking such a class? Yes, you can. 100%. Yeah, that's that's what I realized a lot. Like I was learning obviously a lot about business on my own just cuz I kind of needed to as I'm, you know, start generating money, you know, just taxes alone, you have to have some basic understanding of how things work. But I found that it just gave me a really good appreciation of everything around me. Like when I go to a store, or I order something online or things are happening, like I just I understand more of the business side of things and I can say, "Okay, so that's why this business decided to do that." Okay, so that marketing campaign, that's targeted at this. Okay, so their cash flow is this, their inventory turnover. It just gives you such a domain knowledge that I think is really important, even just as a consumer, if you're trying to purchase things, if you're understanding, you know, why a certain promotion is going on, things like that. It just allows your perspective to broaden, which is kind of what I'm all about, having, you know, some knowledge in all these different areas so you just have a better idea of how the world works as a whole. And especially business. I mean, that's something you're interacting with every day, whether you know it or not. Businesses, products, branding. And when you have an appreciation for that, it just really opens your eyes to how amazing some of these things are that have been accomplished. So agreed. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the last thing we're going to leave off with here is I just want to ask you if there's anything exciting you have planned for 2020, any things in the future you're looking forward to. I mean, for me personally, this podcast is a new thing. Really appreciate you coming on again. And I'm really looking forward to growing this and, you know, having these conversations with all different kinds of people. And hopefully we can have you on again in the future. So anything for you that's 2020 goals, something you're looking forward to exciting new stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would say just growing, continuing to grow Algo Expert and continuing to grow my YouTube channel are the two sort of main focuses. Um, Algo Expert has been growing an insane amount lately ever since we went full time and even leading up to when we leading up to when we jumped and went full time on it. Um, it's been growing insanely. And so it's just super exciting. I'm trying to 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 keep up with it and to continue growing it. Awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, congratulations on Algo Expert. As I've said, it's a great platform, guys. I'm not just saying that because he's on the podcast, <laughs> I promise you. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's been cool to see what you've been able to do as well. Because even when we talked back in, you know, November, I wasn't seeing any of your ads popping up on YouTube. And now I watch a few videos and I see, I think it's your girlfriend, yeah. right? Who's in that? Yep. Yeah. Popping up on my screen. I'm like, damn, like that's you. That's awesome. All right. So I think we're going to leave it there. Clement, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. And hopefully we can have you on yeah, again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was super fun.